You are listening to episode 163 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe, and we are recording this from Three Stream Studios here in West Homewood. And I'm joined as usual by my co-host and friend and pastor here at Shades Valley Community Church, Jonathan Hafes. Jonathan, there are there are a lot of exciting things happening at Shades right now. I don't say that in jest. Like, there's just a lot going on, apparently. A lot happening. We thought the summertime would be, you know, relaxing. There wouldn't be anyone here at the at the building, just yep. us working and thought it'd be meeting with people. Well, there's a Lego camp here this week, so there's about, what, 40 kids? No, it's over 100 <laughs> is children, it really? John Mark. It is over 100 wow. children. Well, one of those is mine. Zion's here at the Lego camp that Park and Jeff Stalkup put on every summer, and they also do a winter one as well. Uh, so if you want to find out more information, just contact them. The camp's already happened, but maybe you want to send your kids in the winter or the summer. Uh, so the Lego camp's been going on. There's construction outside in our parking lot. It's insane. We've got parking lot lights being installed today. They're going to be shining tonight. Shining. We've been waiting. Now, I know that people have been wanting updates, so there's your update. They're going up. They're going to be They're going to be lit tonight, hopefully. Yep. The polls were delivered yesterday while Lego <laughs> Camp was dismissing, and, and the <laughs> farmer's market was setting up for its first time. It was yeah. a madhouse. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to mention, too. The West Homewood Farmer's Market kicked off yesterday, their summer season, uh, Tuesday, so... I, I, I was here with my family. There was a huge amount of people here. A great awesome. turnout. A lot of vendors. We got some peaches from Chilton County, yeah, man. which is the only place you should get peaches. There is so much happening here at Shades Valley. But, I mean, so many people here. The Lego camp, the construction folks. But you know who's not here, John Mark? Yes. You know, people may have noticed that we're Sands One Brad Brown. That's right. Brad's on vacation this week because, you know, he hasn't been gone recently. <laughs> you know, he really needed a break. He did. From his break. Yeah. He came back, you know, for a couple of weeks and it just wore him out. I no, mean, we're just exhausted. We're jesting. Just exhausted. Well, you know, he is going to the beach with his family. And I think this is the first time he's going to the beach with just him with and Jordan a baby? and EA. Oh, so. he is about to learn that the beach is a different experience with kids. It's a different vibe. <laughs> It's a different vibe for oh sure. I remember word. the first time I we took Moses and we went with my parents, so that was helpful. That that's a pro move. That was a pro move, and uh, you know what? He he took naps on our beach chair. Yep. He just hung out. It was mm -hmm. great. But he was also like six months. I guess that's about how old EA is right now. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, when you only maybe have, a little older when you only that. have one, and they are still immobile. Right. That that. That is a little bit more advantageous. When there are multiples and they're all mobile and you're on constant lifeguard duty, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a new thing. Yep. So there's just a lot going on. I'm happy that Brad's getting away, going to the beach. It'll be fun. I'm glad you're happy about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, you know what I'm happy about? Yes, I'm happy sir. about new music in the summertime. Yes, sir. Well, I don't have a good summer pick. <laughs> It's like rainy day Shocker. music, depressing music. Shocker. You know, you know I like depressing music too. What was it you wanted? Tell me again so I'll know. Oh yeah. What's happening in there? This is a great summer. Pick. What's going on in your show? 
Yeah. Everyone's blasting this what down at the beach right now. They're just having I a just good time. I just down my windows. Partying. I opened the sunroof. Yeah, this is like a, if you're like in this on the strip in Panama City Beach, just blast this. No, this feels like I'm in a dark, smoky room. All right, this is an album that comes from that's right, one of my favorite singer-songwriters of all time, Bob Dylan. The album is called Shadow Kingdom. This was a live concert film that came out in 2021. I'm going to give you some background information, but they're now releasing it as an album. They're putting it out on vinyl. It's on the streaming services. There's no new music here, just so you know. These are the, er- the quote the early songs of Bob Dylan, um, which this is the uh, this song in particular. What was it you wanted? Came off of his 1987 record called Oh Mercy. I'm just that's just off the top of my head. I can't remember if that's the exact year, uh, but that would be early for him because he's in his 80s now and he's still putting out music uh 40 years later so uh these are the early songs of bob dylan there's a number of great songs from his catalog tombstone blues most likely you go away you're all go mine pledging my time forever young which is another 80s tune of his it's all over now baby blue um it's just an interesting collection of songs and here's the deal Uh, this came out in 2021 it was a streaming event so for those who don't know much about Bob Dylan, he has been on what's been dubbed the never-ending tour. That's what he calls it. And this has been going on for 40-plus years now, the never-ending tour. He basically just tours every year. And the one thing that sidelined his tour was a global pandemic. And in the time that the pandemic was going on, uh, he decided to get together and uh, work with this filmmaker and record these live songs and release it as a live streaming event. And so I actually bought a a digital ticket for this. I watched it when it came out. It was really interesting. I had no idea what to expect. It was not a live concert at all. In fact, uh, I'll give you some background information on it. Uh, This is from Wikipedia, a trusted source for many. Uh, Some viewers expected the event to be a live concert and were surprised when it turned out to be a stylized black and white art film featuring pre-recorded set pieces instead. Uh, Shadow Kingdom nonetheless earned rave reviews from critics, many of whom praised Dylan's creative rearrangements of his early songs, um, as well as the director, whose name is uh, an Israeli-American filmmaker named Alma Harel. Um, the the imaginative staging of the performances. So, yeah, no one really knew what it was going to be like going into it. And when I was watching it, you basically get Bob Dylan surrounded by uh, masked musicians, but then actors and actresses, and it's basically on this soundstage, but they've made this soundstage look like these kind of surrealist, smoky-filled room bars. It looks like a saloon. It kind of looks like a saloon, but you don't know, is this 1930? Is it 2022? Like, when? what is happening it's, right it's now? It's totally a speakeasy. There's like, there's like mannequins. I, it's just the whole thing's very, it had a David Lynch kind of quality to it. If you're familiar, familiar with Lynch's work, anyone, uh, he's a weirdo. So <laughs> it, it had that kind of quality to it, but... The arrangements are really cool, and honestly, man, I was telling Jonathan this because Jonathan got excited because he saw this album was coming out on vinyl, and you sent me the link. Um, uh, Dylan sounds, to me, he sounds, that's his 
best his vocal has sounded in probably, I don't know, 15 years. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't either. <laughs> He's 80 years old. It's a, it's know. a really it's a really smooth and easy listen too. It really is. Like I actually I know you jokingly are talking about how it's not like a summer thing, but I actually listened through it uh, on Saturday uh, morning. I just I got my coffee, I sat down, I turned it on, and yeah. just let it play while I was kind of doing my morning routine. And I it mean, was just th- it was cool. That that is a good morning coffee album. I, I would I, I would agree with that for sure. Um, so it's on vinyl. It's streaming everywhere. Shadow Kingdom, Bob Dylan. Uh, one of the things I wanted to note, too, that when I was watching it, what was weird is I noticed that the uh, musicians were not in sync with what was going on because they're not playing it live. And I think they made that decision on purpose because it adds to the surreal quality of the film itself. Weird. So it's just a very strange, the whole thing is just very strange. <laughs> It's Dylan, man. What what do you expect? I you know he's gonna keep us on our toes. So, all right. Uh, do you have a book this week? I do. We can do this quick. <laughs> what just happened? I'm gonna use the the jingle from Happenings in the Ham for Jonathan's book club. Oh my goodness, it's way better than whatever that other thing is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I have a little bit of a different kind of book for you this morning. It is called Biblical Theology and the Life of the Church. A Guide for Ministry by Michael Lawrence. Don't let that subtitle, A Guide for Ministry, fool you, though. It is great for anybody. So biblical theology, if you're not familiar with what that is, uh, it contrasts with what has uh, traditionally been known as systematic theology. I won't take time to explain all of that. But basically, biblical theology is uh, what's the center of Scripture, What's the center that holds this whole story together? These are a lot of different books, different genres written over a wide span of time by different authors, and yet we claim it's a single book with a single divine author. So so how does it all hold together? So anytime you're reading a biblical theology, uh, what it's doing is it's highlighting uh, what, what it sees as the central unifying theme of Scripture, and then it's tracing it through the storyline of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. So you pick up a biblical theology book, and you're going to notice that the table of contents are outlined exactly like your Bible. It's going to start in Genesis and move through the storyline into Exodus and so forth and so on, and it's going to trace out, yeah, what it's seeing to be that central theme. Another aspect of uh, biblical theology is it can take something that's not the central theme of Scripture— uh, but is a present theme and focus in on that kind of sub theme and trace it. Uh, so, for instance, let's say the theme of new creation. Uh, it could you could have a biblical theology of new creation that's going to take that theme and trace it from beginning to end. You could have uh, a biblical theology of atonement that's going to take the theme of atonement and trace it from beginning to mm. end. That kind of thing. Well, what this book is is it is not a biblical theology. It is a book about biblical theology. (laughs) It's a book about what I just explained. And it's designed to, one of the things I love about this book, and the reason I'm recommending it is it's bigger than just biblical theology. It's a book that gives you tools that equip you to be a good reader of your Bible. Like how, a lot of people come and they're like, man, how do I even begin to understand scripture? How do I, like when I approach it, I just, I, I, have a hard time getting my mind around what's going on. This book is a great help in giving you the tools 
for how to read, understand, interpret scripture, and then also how to communicate it to others, which is why it says right here, a guide for ministry. Like this book wants to move beyond just teaching you the basics of biblical theology and teach you why it's important, how it comes to bear in your life personally and in the life of the church corporately. Um, and so, yeah, it's I, I led a group. The reason I'm, I'm recommending is I led a group uh, through this book several years ago and just watched how the tools they were given transformed not only their ability to read and understand Scripture, uh, but then to turn around and it, it, it transformed their confidence in being able to communicate it. Mm. You know, whether that's just within their own family or whether that's in uh, an official capacity like leading a small group or um, teaching a class or, or what have not. But this is a book that can benefit anyone uh, in their engagement of Scripture. And it's written to be uh, really approachable. So you don't have to have a seminary degree or be in ministry or anything like that to begin uh, reading this book. I do think it's a book that's very helpful to go through with someone. Mm. Um, but the first half of the book is focused on giving you tools. Section one is called The Tools That Are Needed. Um, and it just walks you through uh, different tools you need in order to study the Bible well and understand the full story of Scripture. And then section two kind of demonstrates all of it by walking you through the story of Scripture. You know, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. So anyway, that's my recommendation, Biblical Theology and the Life of the Church by Michael Lawrence. Check it out. I love it. Great recommendation, Jonathan. Thanks for taking over that segment for the week. It was enlightening. Well, you know, I mean... It's nice for it to be enlightening every now and then. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> We're so mean. I'm so mean to Brad when he's gone. Well, you know what? He's not even going to listen to it. I know, so, so he'll it, never it know how mean even I matter. was. No. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> okay, we are excited because we have a special guest with us today, and they have patiently sat during this entire intro and not said anything. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a meet a member today, and the meet a member is... Tommy Wilson. Hello. Now Tommy is in the house. Tommy, be honest. What is the most impressive thing that you were not expecting about Three Stream Studio? Is it is it the facilities? Is it is it the 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 luxury it, treatment that you've been given? Is it the live <laughs> audience? Like what what has just shocked the, you? The, the world class facilities here. Shades midweek. Yeah, I think the prompter is actually really handy for, uh, <laughs> especially for guests. You know, I don't really know what to say, and just like having a script right in front of me. Yes, the teleprompter. Yeah, the teleprompter. So nice. People and think we're just winging this. They don't know. They don't know the hours of preparation that all of our minions have to go through to type out perfect scripts for us. What are we talking about? It's Chat GPT that types it out. It's true. Chat GPT, we're write big, for we're us, big friend, write big for us an of interview of Tommy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. no, dude! Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. For this being is here. an honor, honestly. I I didn't think that um I would e even be con uh considered. I I've only been coming for like a little over a year. Well, but, I mean, um, honestly, you were the only person available. <laughs> Honestly, you know, Jonathan is salty today. Last pick is still a pick. So John, Jonathan is extra it. salty. That's right. If you get picked in the NFL draft, you are still getting picked. Exactly. Tom Brady was a six-round draft pick, uh, folks. No, I'm just, just remember so, that. So yeah, so you've been coming to Shades. You said for like two and a half years, right? Uh, a little over a year, actually. Oh, I, a little I joined over like a year. last year. Yeah, I yeah, joined yeah. last spring. 
I believe, um, right after your Revelation series. Because I, I hear raving reviews about your Revelation <laughs> series. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I joined the Sunday after, after. it or something like that. <laughs> That's um, funny. But yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, man. Well, we are thankful to have you. And we'll talk about you coming to Shades and, and all of that here in a minute. But first, we need to get to know more just about the man behind the name. Tommy, who is Tommy? Tell us a little bit about how you grew up, man. So I, uh, all my life, was raised in a very charismatic church. Um, not quite snake handling level, but <laughs> pretty much everything other than snake handling. Did it, did. did it belong to a specific denomination? No, it was uh, strictly non-denominational. Okay. Um, there was anytime someone tells me they grew up in a non-denominational church, I say Baptist or Pentecostal. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically it, and it was, it was very Pentecostal. I haven't even touched Baptist in my life, um, which I'm. It, it's that's kind of a, a hole in my experience, actually, because pretty much every other person living in the South who grew up a Christian has been to a Baptist church for at, at some point a while. Yeah. Um, but no, I skirted around that. I um, homeschooled all my life as well. So yeah, um, explains a lot. I <laughs> <laughs> are you from here? Yeah, I um, so, like, I've lived in the same house all my life. Actually, wow. never moved house. What uh, is that? Where where is that in the city? That is. Um, do you know where Adamsville is? Uh, it's, yes, that's north of us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's northwest Birmingham, basically. Okay. Um. So yeah, I live right outside Birmingham. Uh, at Adamsville. And technically, I can walk to the Birmingham city limits, but my address is still Birmingham address, even though I'm like right. ha less than half a mile Everything's away from Birmingham. I know. If yeah. if you can like see Birmingham at all, you're you're in Birmingham. <laughs> Literally. What? Um, so so how far is it of a drive for you to get to Shades? Just curious how far uh, out that is. Less than twenty minutes actually. It's okay, like so nineteen ish minutes. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Um, it's a pretty central area for all the places I've. Uh, been throughout my um, young adult life. But um, yeah, I also did speech and debate through a homeschool organization uh, throughout middle school and high school. Nice. Um, so I was uh, still pretty social since I had a big family as well. I have six siblings. Um, where, do you, where do you fall in that lineup? I'm the youngest. Yeah, uh, youngest by five years. Man, see, we need Brad here to psychoanalyze all these things. You know, so <laughs> yeah, homeschooled there's... youngest. I'm yeah, just the, the, we they he would have a field day on uh. Uh, my background. Um, but yeah, uh, now now, I'm just curious. You're number six. I'm number seven. Number seven. Yeah, you're the youngest. Were you a surprise? I was a surprise for see, sure. This 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 holds true to my theory. My theory is that anytime people have more than two children, the overwhelming majority of the time, that last one was a surprise. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this on my, my meet a member, but I have two older brothers. They're uh, 16 years and 10 years older than I am. Oh, and guess I'm who was youngest. a surprise? Guess who was a <laughs> surprise? Keeping those parents young. That's right. Yeah, my... Oh, uh, my mom was in her late forties when she had me. Wow! So that was kind of wow, a, dude. A supernatural sort of thing. It's not unheard of, but for sure, it's it's uncommon. It's pretty rare, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and the rest of my siblings are all two years or less apart and my next uh oldest brother from me is five years so it's like that was gotcha yeah yeah they were they thought they were done for sure (laughs) um for sure but yeah um pretty much all of my other siblings were homeschooled as well so i got to um get pretty close with them we're all we're all very close um only one of them doesn't live in Birmingham right now. He lives in Missouri. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I'd say it was relatively like balanced between sheltered and like getting into, okay, you're the youngest. We've had so many kids. We'll let you do whatever. <laughs> We've much. given up on this yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a, a like a little frame in our house that says, excuse the mess. Uh, we gave up on like the fifth child or something like that. It was like, <laughs> we stopped caring. I need, I need that. Well, that's the other thing about being like a younger sibling is you get, especially when you're like that much younger. I mean, all your older siblings are going to pass down anything that they've, that they know at that point. Right. So it's like, you know, the amount of exposure you get as a younger sibling is a lot higher than probably those, when those uh, older siblings were that young. Dude, e- even in my own house, like, I think about, so my two littlest boys, you know, are, like, four and six. And I think about the things, like, just the mm-hmm. movies that they watch oh, yeah. with <laughs> us as a family. 100%. That we would have never watched 100%. with Karis and Levi at that age. <laughs> you know, but it's like, I mean... I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah, we tried to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark like recently, and there's just a scene with like a lot of blood. Oh, and yeah, I man. just, you know, I hadn't watched that movie in forever. And it's like, it's like Zion, melting off. Zion, cover, cover, your <laughs> cover your eyes. It's okay. We're gonna keep watching it though. But cover your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's when you know you're at the end of that. You Dude, know, I didn't watch. watch I know we're getting far afield, but I didn't watch the last <laughs> scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark where like all of their eyes met out of their faces. I didn't watch that till I was an adult. Yeah, really. Like because oh it was goodness. described to me by my parents, and as a kid, right. I did not do anything that had to do with like blood, violence, any of that kind. Of, like I was like, I don't, don't want to see it. I don't want to watch it. Uh, my parents will tell the story. My younger brother, he's five years younger than me. And when we would watch movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Joseph, I, I would be like 12 and he'd be seven. And Joseph would be like, okay, Jonathan, shut your eyes. Shut your eyes. Okay, don't look yet. It's still going. It's still oh going. Okay, goodness. you can open your eyes now. That was our relationship. That's anyway, amazing. so yeah. So uh, so what kind of things were, were you into as a kid? Like what, what kind of hobbies developed or interests, that kind of thing? Man, uh, I have been all about music for as long as I can remember, pretty much. Um, well, great. There goes the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> Mark and, uh, uh, yeah we could just ignore Jonathan. It's here <laughs> entirely. See, see, little known fact, I, I also play music. Nice. Wow. So, I actually didn't know that. We've well, had- so here's the deal. Okay, I'm going to rant about this for a second. Shades is uh, the first church I've ever served in where I didn't have anything to do with uh, worship ministry. No kidding. But that's because I did youth and college ministry for so long, and right. it's it's virtually required when you're at a smaller church and yeah. you do youth ministry. And so I am not a musician like John Mark is a musician and Joseph Walensky is a musician. Like, I never reached those levels of mastery. But, yeah, I mean, like, I play guitar and can lead worship songs with chords and things like that drums was my first instrument and it took me a while to realize i was terrible um and and so then i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna play guitar and so like yeah i i can play a little bit and all of that but i'm not i tell people i i feel the same way about calling myself musician as i do about calling myself a token nerd 
Uh, I'm like, yeah. I know too many real Tolkien nerds, you know, and I know too many real musicians. I'm like, I am a hobbyist is what I am. So anyway, okay, but let's get back to you. So when did you get into music? Um, I think the first memory I have of like really uh, things clicking was uh, around seven or eight years old. Um, my older sister... Uh, I think she's like 11 years older than me. Um, growing up would always uh, play piano. Like she's an amazing sight reader. Mm. Um, and to this day, I'm still a terrible sight reader. I play by ear and that's basically my crutch. Um, but yeah, she would teach me to how to like memorize the songs that she was playing right, right. on the sheet music. Cause you know, I was so young that, I wasn't really interested in like reading the music itself. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, just kept on learning songs from her and eventually like picked up on things way easier than, um, you know, I, I expected even, and, you know, learned guitar from partly from my dad, but most of my life I've been self-taught. I've taken classical lessons for voice and piano, but, um, that was for just a couple of years in high sure, school. Sure, So, um, yeah. Then uh, in high school, songwriting became my my big passion. And I, I still think uh, that's what I'm best at in terms of, like, uh, comparatively. Like, I try to not compare myself to other musicians because that's sure, only sure. going to cause insecurity and things like that. Because I, I've felt that way as well that I'm, you know – not, I sh- I can't call myself a music nerd or a musician, right, right, right. Because you know, um, I don't know all the different models of every acoustic guitar, <laughs> or you know, I don't. Um, I'm terrible at drums as well. I have a drum kit at home, but um, it is not for the. Uh, no, I, the f- I I have opinions about people who are good at drums. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you do. Just kidding. Um, so yeah, I am salty yeah. today. <laughs> Very salty. <laughs> I don't know why. So, um, so you start playing uh, on keyboard, start getting a guitar. Did the church play a role in your musical development? Yeah, I um for several years I played on my youth band and uh, occasionally on my, you know, the, the actual adult church band, quote unquote. Um. And yeah, that was honestly an amazing experience. I um, still, that taught me so much adaptability right. in, in, in my music playing, like, you know, um, and yeah. it's playing on a team, especially weirdly enough, I, I think worship music is a, a sort of even different from a normal band. Um, that teaches you skills that you wouldn't learn anywhere else. Right. And um, that was a really great experience. Um, well, and I, I think, too, uh, specifically in a more charismatic environment, it's going to teach you skills of improvisation yes. that you're not going to learn in yeah. kind of other settings and things. Man, one of the things that I would I, – I don't think there's any way to do this, or maybe somebody has done this study. There's a sociologist somewhere that's done this. I would love to know the percentage of professional musicians that had some kind of influence or formation through church. Um, wow. 
because I just yeah. I the the church becomes a a place where kids are exposed to live music at ages younger than they would be any any other way like right. like experiencing live music like like where else are like toddlers being taken to where live music is being played right? every week much less yeah, yeah yeah like every week and like you can know musicians and interact with them or get up on the stage afterwards maybe and tap around on a drum set or something you know um i mean i wouldn't have gotten into music had it not been in in a church setting like that so yeah i'm i would be really curious to know that and i know that like I mean, you can go through a whole list of famous musicians and singers and things like that that uh, we know, like, it's a part of their story and their formation, you know. Um, I, I actually was watching a, a Tina Turner uh, mm. documentary uh, just the other day, mm-hmm. and, like, that plays a role, you know. Um, anyway. Yeah, there was an article from Christianity Today that came out in 2021. Fender... Musical Instruments Corporation sold a record number of guitars in 2020, driven in part by people forced to stay at home during the pandemic. And the company calculates that nearly a third of those new musical instruments were purchased by people who play in praise and worship bands. Wow. A third that's, of guitars. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. So there's, <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a thing. There's a ton, a ton of musicians, obviously now that play in churches, music, the, the band, ever since the, you know, we most churches moved away from just piano, organ, choir, and incorporated a full band with acoustic, drums, electrics. I mean, there's just been, I mean, there's probably just countless musicians that grew up playing in church and yeah. being formed by <clears throat> being able to play in a band with other people. I mean, how else are you going to get experience if you don't play with other people? That's what's so weird about being a musician is you spend so much time by yourself right. learning this instrument and this craft but the only way to really test it out is <laughs> right. to, you have to play with other people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the church is a great way to do that. So that's awesome, man. Did right. you did you start playing in bands like in, at any uh, point? Not in anything but church bands. Uh, I have since I did grow up homeschooled. I had friends, but I had very uh, small circles sure, throughout sure. my life. Um, so I just wasn't really uh, exposed to or. Um, in environments where I could meet a lot of people who had the same, um, you know, hopes and dreams as I did right, right, with right, music. Right. Um, but yeah, the, actually my, uh, piano and vocal teacher, uh, through high school was my old church's, uh, band leader. Gotcha. Um, so like, I, I remember one of the biggest things that like inspired me to, even reach out to him personally was he played a song, um, Alabaster Jar. It's a little older, but um, it's an amazing song. song. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and like something about that song, even as like a six year old, touched me in a way that like I, I can't remember any other, uh, you know, especially worship song because as, as a kid you're not really into like the slower songs. Right, sure. sure. But like that song touched me in a, in a way that like stuck with me up to the point that I asked him for lessons. Um, and yeah, so um, I, since I was the youngest by a lot, uh, in my high school years, I was pretty much the only person in my family, you know, doing school. And I, I had a lot of um, attention from my parents, you know, fr- from that. 
um, which was a blessing and sometimes a curse. <laughs> um, I don't know how only childs can... How they do it. Yeah, literally <laughs> how they survive. Um, but, yeah, I um, graduated the year before the pandemic. I graduated in 2019. And um, that, it's... I mean, what do I have to say that people haven't already felt personally about the pandemic? But um, yeah, ever since then, I've um, right now I'm I'm about to work at the YMCA and I've worked at a few other places and just finished up leadership training. But um, yeah, I mean, just a kind of uh, typical homeschool life, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, just a couple um long-term uh romances that like <laughs> are we gonna get into this no 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 no, no. <laughs> i'm just saying how like young young love can last way longer than it should and then when it eventually ends it's like this this was a a, a changing experience right. throughout sure. my youth sure. like you know um uh, but yeah uh, that's that's pretty much me. Um, I, I'm happy to answer any more specific questions, but well, yeah, let's talk about your faith. Some so obviously you grew up in church. I'm imagining, and it's uh, was that the church that your parents had been going to for many years, like before you were born? Yeah. Um, they had. I think they joined it right when they moved into back to Birmingham from I believe it was Denver, Colorado. Okay. Um. So about. Uh, let me think. About ten years before I uh, came on the scene, they were going to the church. Yeah, okay. And that was actually one of the churches that in the uh, two thousand one or two thousand uh, F five tornado, it got destroyed entirely and was had to be rebuilt. Oh wow! Um, and my my family was in the church the night that it got destroyed by the tornado. Wow! Um, oh wow! They uh, none of None of the um, congregation got injured. Uh, a mate, well, not injured uh, to the point of like so having to go to the hospital. Injured, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, it's it's a straight up miracle because my mom was in that church and she wasn't even pregnant with me yet. So like, uh, you know, I um, I have uh, a good hallway that uh, saved. Basically, it's a reason that I am alive. Yeah. One hallway in my Saved church. your existence. Yes. <laughs> That's wild. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, that was – and I didn't even – I changed churches um, at around nine years old. Um, and so um, the the one that I changed to was the one that I played on the youth band okay. and met. And that was also a charismatic church yes. as well? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Both non-nominational right. charismatic. right. That's cool. So you grew up going to like youth events and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. summer camps, things like that. Was there like one moment that you can come back to that was like, okay, this is when I really like found Jesus. This is when I got to really know who Jesus was as like my personal savior or anything like that. So um, officially I got baptized when I was like, I don't know, six, pretty young. But mm-hmm. I think in my youth, like years that I was actually fully conscious and self-aware. Um, the moment that sticks out to me was um, at, a, at a summer camp, actually, and we had a guest speaker by the name of Dean Sykes. 
uh, he's with an organization called You Matter. And um, he, at the end of, you know, the service, he um, called up everyone who uh, had suicidal ideations to come up and be prayed for. Mm-hmm. And um, that moment, you know, being, I, I, I'm not really a huge crier for whatever reason, but I bawled that night. And it was like mm. such an overwhelming feeling of love. Like, you know, having people that I hardly even knew because like I known them for like a few days at this camp um, come and pray for me and hug me. Um, and then seeing like even others that I like, you'd never think, you know, that they would come up for, you know, suicidal ideation. Mm. Um, but like, it was just like such a, a moving thing. And like, um, really just the uh phrase you matter has been uh kind of instilled in my spirit since then because that was you know kind of a turning point for me so mm-hmm. yeah no that's how old were you then probably 14 so like yeah. late middle school early high school yeah yeah no that's awesome um well man we definitely want to ask you about coming to Shades and your experience here and all of those kinds of things. But before we do that, Tommy, have you listened to the Meet a Member episode before? I have. Then you should know what's coming. Yes. It's time for the lightning round. <laughs> okay. You should be very afraid. This is our uh, hard-hitting journalism portion of the, <laughs> the show. Thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderbolts and lightning. I love, I love it. All right. We're going to ask you a series of random questions. Obviously, the goal is to answer as quickly as possible. There will be questions that we ask that are going to take some time, and we will we will permit that. We will allow it. Okay? All right. How do you like your eggs? Scrambled. You know, that's a weird question for me now. My son, we just found out that my son is allergic to milk and eggs. And so now I'm having to like rethink everything. What does he eat for breakfast? They're waffles. They don't know. They don't know. I mean, this just happened a week ago. Wow. Um, He's eight years old, but he he had never had allergic reactions until recently. Um, What does he eat for breakfast? Well, he can have almond milk. And there are certain kinds of cereals he can have. There are certain kind of waffles he can have. Obviously, he can't have eggs or dairy. He can have meat. Yeah. Sausage, bacon. Got to love that. He's going to be meat. lean and mean. <laughs> he's going to be on a real clean diet. Oh, my goodness. Anyways. Do you have any nicknames? Uh, Tommy is a nickname. Um, for, oh. for, for Thomas? For, for Thomas, yes. Um, I mean, I go by tier uh musically like as an as an that's my artist name tyr um and that's just a sort of smashing together uh t and y from tommy and then r from my middle name ray tier um dude also- what a musician name tommy ray tommy ray I, honestly i've thought like if i wanted to go the country route i could just be tommy ray wilson that oh, is like man. the oh. most country oh, my name. Goodness. That sounds like it came off of one of those like internet, like what's my country music artist name generator? <laughs> Tommy Lee Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> right? capital music recording artist, Tommy Ray Wilson. I mean, that's almost better than Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Strong, man. 
That's really strong. What would your first country album be? What would it be titled? Oh goodness. <laughs> um just throwing that on the Dude, with a name like that, it's gonna be self titled. <laughs> just Tommy Ray Wilson. Or T T R T R W. You could do that. Mm, you yeah. could do like a like a play mm. on your name for the album title. Mm. Tomorrow. Yeah. Be thinking about that. Yeah. Tommy Ray Wilson. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you drink coffee? I do. I love coffee. How do you like your coffee? Uh, cream and sugar. I'm I'm a little baby. Okay. <laughs> is there a place in Birmingham you like to go, like your favorite coffee place? Uh, there is a small shop owned by a friend of mine. I've known him for years and years. Um, called Heritage Coffee House. Where is uh, this? This is in Inslee. Uh, so everyone, look up Heritage Coffee House. It is one of the best coffee. I have to go check the it best out. Coffee in Birmingham. It's really good. Do you floss? I do floss every day. All right. If you could go anywhere. I do. Jonathan, we're trying to keep it moving. I just, <laughs> this just blows my mind. We're Anytime someone moving. flosses. If you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? Uh, f- mm, France. Yeah. France, like Paris? Yeah. John Mark, we're trying to keep it moving. <laughs> What's a- That was another, it was a follow-up <laughs> question. What's one thing, I had follow-up questions to the floss. <laughs> what, uh, what's one thing you regret spending money on? <sighs> Um, <laughs> probably my microphone. It sucks. I don't like how my voice sounds with my microphone. I need a, a better one. Oh, okay. Uh, favorite concert that you've ever been to? Um, hmm. That is the hard. Okay. Probably um, Trench uh, by 21 Pilots. Uh, that, I can't remember what the tour itself was called, but that era. Of okay. Twenty One Pilots, probably my favorite. But I, I recently went to a Taylor Swift concert, and <laughs> it was like Taylor Swift. <laughs> we can't get away from it. When did you go? Uh, this past May. Yeah. So like, which where was it? A uh, Nashville. Wow. So yeah. you were one of the lucky ones that got tickets. Yeah. Yeah. I. I took me. Obviously, it was an eight-hour excursion to get tickets that day. I literally did not leave my computer for eight hours, just like watching the queue. So that I could get tickets for me and my family. I so just like, love how unashamed you happening? are <laughs> about this. You know, we just did an episode on midweek about Taylor Swift. Yeah, did you yeah. listen to it? Uh, I think I might have. He was he was appalled. Was, he got five minutes into it. He got it. so it was like, They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. What's your favorite genre of music? Um, what do you listen, listen. to the most? Oh goodness, K-pop. <laughs> Wow. K-pop, like BTS? yeah. BTS? All right. Yep. I can't relate to him as a musician anymore. Okay. okay. No, 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 no. I love all music, okay? I mean, he so, referenced Queen earlier, so I know he's got I know. I know. So my, um, I think my favorite, though, like, and just how it sounds, because, like, K-pop, I kind of, that's an indulgent thing because I, I love dance and just the, the performance that goes into K-pop, but... um. Musically, let's have Tommy my, do an interpretive dance on a like, Sunday morning oh in goodness. the style of K-pop. Oh. All right, go on. So, so but, musically, um, you were saying musically, I really like uh, pop punk, like punk rock stuff like that. Um, like newer bands or older bands or what are we what are we talking? Uh, about? Is there like an all era? kinds of stuff? Um, I like from Nirvana to Fall Out Boy to okay, um, goodness, Blink. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Blink. Um, I I love cake. Yeah, uh, I like cake too. Cake they're is, fun. Yeah, they're it's fun. it's just such a fun. Is that new? Listen. I don't know that I'm familiar. No, it's not old. new. It's yeah. like okay. a '90s. Yeah. Uh, you you know their songs. 
Probably. Going the distance. Uh, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, they, they, they have some fun songs. Chris Cargill loves cake. I don't know if you know who Chris Cargill is. He goes um, to Shades. Oh, you should meet Chris. I do not know. He's He was names, in this but... band called Chasing Victory. Uh, I wouldn't describe them as like a punk or a pop punk band. They were a little heavier than that, but mm-hmm. he loves all that type of music. So, nice. Um, that's cool. Have you ever gone viral online? Um, the most viral I've gone is a few thousand views on TikTok. For, yeah. for what? You for, gotta tell us what for, you did. Oh, yeah, first uh, cover, uh, cover I did on TikTok. Yeah. Oh, nice. What, what yeah. were you? Taylor Swift cover. Or? It was a <laughs> BTS cover, actually. <laughs> oh my word. K-pop. We must see this video. <laughs> I think we should was share it, like it a, uh, on the Instagram when we post about this episode on Instagram. I it, think we was should. Was it kind share of it. like a like a bedroom pop kind of cover of the pop song or was yeah, it? Yeah, it was uh, just like, like acoustic. An acoustic. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of like just, you know, one takes me my acoustic guitar um, because uh, I'm too ADHD to really get down in my DAW and make a uh-huh. cover. Um, DAW yeah. is a DAW for all those who don't know what that is in the and a DAW music is business. A digital audio workstation if yes. you don't know what a DAW is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's, most viral I've gone. When you are in a public restroom and someone knocks on the door, what do you say? Don't come in. I like that. Okay. That, that is a fascinating thing to ask people. Everybody responds differently. John Mark, what do you say? Wait, what was the question? Like when you're in a public restroom uh-huh. and somebody knocks on the stall door or let's let's say it's like a Starbucks, so it's like a you know a single kind of thing and they knock on the door, what do you say? Is the door locked? Door's locked, right? Yeah, yeah, door's locked. Yeah, the door's locked. Uh, if they knock on the door, sometimes I don't say anything. Uh, or I'll just go, hey. That's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I'm just like, hey. hey. I'm like, I don't need to give you any hey. information on anything. Yep. You don't, I don't. I'd say that I too. I don't I'd owe go, you yep. anything. <laughs> You're obviously not coming in because I have the door locked. So, hey. I got blindsided <laughs> by my family because uh, growing up, that's what we all said. Don't come in. Uh, I don't know. Like, I guess my, my mom and dad taught us that. But at, at some at some point, uh, like in our adult lives, my my siblings started saying occupied. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> we had a thing going. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. I, think, I think that all uh, locks on stall doors, on bathroom doors should operate the same way uh, a porta potty does, where you can visibly yeah. see that it's occupied. Yeah, with the the, the, the green the, the, and the, the green red. And the oh, yeah. red. I think yeah. I think all bathroom doors should work. I that love way. that. Anyway, yes. all right, moving on. Okay, so this is going to be a difficult question. I apologize for it. I actually hate the question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So, uh, for those of you that are listening that aren't familiar with Letterbox, Letterbox is sort of like a social media app platform for people that love film, people that love movies, they can create a profile, go on there and review movies and make jokes and things like that. My favorite reviews are the ones that are have, just ridiculous. Have, all right, people out there, listeners, Wait. have you ever met someone who's like, a, who's like a movie snob? <laughs> all right, Letterbox is that. It's it's a social media app for movie snobs. All right, you may continue. So on your profile, you can set your four favorite movies, which of number one is can. impossible. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. knows that this is impossible. It's like, what's your favorite album? It's like, yeah, like, come on. This is like MySpace. So what are your Letterboxd four favorite movies? 
Um, I haven't filled in that officially. Okay, we'll just favorite, right here. That was yeah, a right, lot right of here. backstory um, for a question. Well, there's a purpose behind it. Why would I say four? It's trying to keep it's it the, moving. It's John the letterbox Hart. format. I have three out of four. Okay. Okay. The Shining, Reservoir Dogs, yes. Spirited Away. Oh, um, okay. I've never seen Spirited Away. You ha- oh my I goodness. Haven't. You need to watch all of the Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. Well, I've never seen My Neighbor Totoro, which I know is like, is that how mm-hmm. you say it? Yeah. Uh, Totoro. I, I know that's like one of the big ones too. Mm-hmm. I wonder if my kids would be into those movies. Honestly, they're great for any age. Like they're, yeah. they're completely, um, they're, they're a little bit like uh, Alice in Wonderland vibes, but like much like tamer and like more just like feel good yeah. than Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Dude, so- I'm not going to lie. As a child, I hated Alice. <laughs> I can appreciate it now as an adult, but as a kid, I'm just like, "What is happening?" Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of moments in Studio Ghibli movies where it's like, "What is happening?" Because right, it's just right. so Trippy. out there. All right, yeah. well, I'm gonna make you choose a fourth. So yes. you've got The Shining, you've got Reservoir Dogs, you've got Spirited Away. Great picks so far. Um. Okay. Just pick well, one. Just what's on your mind? How you? I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna say this is. To have my bases covered, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Avengers uh, Endgame, okay. yeah, okay, uh, cool. that one. Um, it was just a special watching experience. You just gained a lot of respect from me because that's just proving you're not trying to impress other people with your picks, other movies. Not <laughs> you don't care. You're like, I'm gonna pick what I want to pick. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, again, not a crier, but like, I. Moments that I've cried in my life are the ones that stuck out to me the most for some reason. I'm just like, <laughs> I, such. Uh, You're moved, man. Yeah. Um. And that one, it was 30 minutes of of just uh, just crying, like you know, from the moment that uh, well, spoiler. I don't spoilers. Care spoilers. It's it's been out for a it's long. Going out. T- it's on you at this point. From the moment uh that we knew Tony Stark was gonna die to the end of the movie. That's what uh, that's, just, I was just crying just all weeping. the way through. Yeah. Finish the phrase, the way to my heart is. Uh, first thing was brownies on my mind, honestly. <laughs> I love brownies. It's a solid choice. Uh, peanut butter also. Mm. Just complimenting my music. That is the way to my heart. There you go. <laughs> I, am, I am always looking for his, like, I'm... Words of affirmation. Yes, words of affirmation. That's my love language. Or food of for affirmation. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good with that, too. Okay, uh, final final question? Well, first I want to ask, are aliens real? I think life uh, is real outside of Earth, but not intelligent. Okay. I think okay. I think like like molds. I just love like asking. That. Ever since Bacteria. you started asking people that question, I just it's a you fascinating a, question to me. Yeah. Well, I think it's an interesting barometer on where people are at, uh, because I think maybe like twenty five years ago, if you would ask people that, I think people would automatically assume if you say anything outside of Earth exists, like whether intelligent or creatures or whatever. I think people would think you were a little crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I don't know. It's it, it is an interesting question. We've asked some theologians that. Well, like we've had you know New Testament professors on, and we've we've had some really interesting answers. Yeah. You'd be my, shocked. My hot fun. take. My hot take is uh, I believe in alternate dimensions. Oh, here we go. 
<laughs> we might not want to go down this rabbit get into, hole. Get into the, but the I, multiverse I, like here. parallel universes. I I think is are absolutely like <laughs> they could happen. Like look, what if like what's to say God wasn't like you know let's let's try out making things this way or you know like wh- why would he just like listen when when you when you get down to it like it's really hard to disprove a possibility right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true it's, it's really hard to just be like absolutely not yeah no way like you almost can't do that unless you have infinite knowledge yeah you right. know so. Well, one of the one of the things that's been fun for me is I took my kids to see the new, the most recent Spider Man movie last week, mm. and it's all about the Spider Verse. The oh, multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the having to explain stuff. to Moses, who's eight years old, like the, the idea multiverse. of which they introduced that in the first film, and right. we talked about it some then. But you know, it's it's interesting to try to explain that to an eight year old. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love. But stuff. I think younger younger children are more. They're like more open to that idea of like, Dude, oh, okay, yeah, he's just coming from somewhere else. Well, like, I do love, know? I do love storytelling devices and things like that yeah. that like mess with your head and lead to philosophical questions. Yeah, like I always loved ever since I was a kid, and the first time I saw Back to the Future, I love time travel oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and I love 100%. the way it messes with your head. But but the real reason I love it is because it ends up pushing you towards asking philosophical questions that you otherwise probably wouldn't ponder that have to do with purpose and meaning and yada, yada. Anyway. Okay. Ask the final question. Final (laughs) question is if you could get any actor to play you in a biopic of your life, who would it be? Oh goodness. I feel like right before you asked this question, (laughs) I had an answer. Um, (laughs) um, Golly. I think, I think Jesse Eisenberg would be a really fun pick. <laughs> that would be a fun pick. Like he's I already like done answer. a couple of biopics, but like yeah. I don't know something about his mannerisms and acting. Like I don't think he is like me, other than kind of appearances. If I have like the right haircut or whatever, but like I don't know. I just that or maybe Andrew Garfield, just because you know he looks a little bit more like me, and you know it's maybe a. Uh, a common pick, but you know, Andrew Garfield is, is pretty awesome. Both great picks. All right. That's the lightning round. People were really upset. Letterboxd post posted something on Instagram that said that Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man is the top rated movie on Letterboxd now. And, uh, all the, uh, super like intense film bros were really upset that, so everybody on Letterboxd. <laughs> no, not everybody, but there's definitely a group of people that are just so intense about, you know, it's got to be, you know, this, it's got to be Ingmar Bergman or it's got to be The Godfather. It's like, well, I love all those films, obviously, but, you know, people, the new Spider-Man's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. People who write off uh, animated films or TV shows are my pet peeve. Like, yeah. I even know some like people who like don't consider themselves film snobs who just don't watch anything animated. Yeah. Um and I'm like I, man it have it, it frustrates me because the creation process, the creative process for animation dude is I mean yeah. I could get in trouble, but it's so much more expansive because like if you don't right. create it, it doesn't exist. You know? Yeah. Visually, uh auditory, 
any of that kind of stuff. Like, like it all has to be created. One of the things that's fascinated me the most, like, is watching. Have you ever watched behind the scenes stuff on an animated film? Yes. Or watched a Foley artist. A Foley. A Foley oh, artist. Yeah. It's is yeah. a person that creates all of the sound effects oh, in animation yeah, yeah, yeah. that aren't people talking. You know, yeah. so like footsteps or oh, like man. the breeze blowing or like anything that, that makes is... sound. And it is insane to watch that process. And like, yeah. So anyway, nah, man. Animation. I still love it. I love well, it. Well, I, I think in particular, like, and not to go off on a tangent, but I, I created this mess. I was to about begin to say, with. you started it. Uh, I think, especially with the new Spider-Mans, I'm a huge fan of these movies. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, it's the Miles Morales... Spider-Man animated films. The first one came out in 2018. It was fantastic. And the ne- uh, this last one just came out and, last and week. Visually stunning. So the new one is even, I mean, visually it's completely insane because they're, the colors they use, the way that they take different eras of the comic book, which I'm not, I'm not a comic book guy. So I'm the last person to be talking about this. But from what I understand the way they kind of do some service to the comic book fans of Spider-Man, the way they uh, honor the different artistry of like the illustrators for certain eras of the Spider-Man comic book. I mean, it's incredible what they're doing. Like it's completely insane. Spider-Man 2099 is featured pretty heavily in this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Spider-Man I mean, Spider-Man 2099, yeah. Again, this is one of those places where I I feel like I can't call myself a comic book nerd. I get called it Me by too. other people, but I feel like I can't call myself that because I know real comic book nerds. Exactly. But I do have Oh, you've got comic books, man. You're I do have somewhere <laughs> sitting in the neighborhood of 2000 issues. Yeah, I mean, no, of, dude, that of various and, and and they are overwhelmingly Spider-Man. Uh Spider-Man was yes. definitely my obsession. Um and well, you're gonna love the new movie, bro. Oh, I'm I'm pumped I about mean, it. I really you need really to am. go like right now. I honestly I haven't <laughs> been excited right now. We're leaving podcast. Over. I haven't been this excited about a movie, uh, maybe ever. But the only thing I could even compare it to was maybe Avengers in Game. But like I loved the um Into the Spider Verse to death, and uh, I think I'm gonna go see it with a longtime friend uh this weekend. But I I am dying to see it man did you did you I hope see it's it, the future of comic book film did making. you see it in any kind of uh special thing like an imax or anything like that so we didn't do they they offer 3d i think yeah um you didn't do i it. just i'm not a big 3d yeah, person yeah, yeah. it's just not for me um i'm, I'm looking at tickets right but now. we went to vestavia and because they have the prime theater yeah. which is like the big screen with like the subs built in it's a good theater to go to um, one thing I didn't realize we were going really deep here, but I was talking to Patrick Smith, who's, I mean, you, you know, yeah, Patrick. I, I saw he's his, a, um, uh, meet a guest actually. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he's a, he's on letterboxd and, uh, he's a big cinephile. So Christopher Nolan's new film that's about to come out in July Oppenheimer, you know, Christopher mm. Nolan is always known for practical effects, but then also shooting in 70 millimeter IMAX film. There is no 70 millimeter IMAX theater in Birmingham. So even if you go see a Nolan film in IMAX here in Birmingham, you're actually still not seeing it in the true format that he filmed it in. You have to go to Atlanta or Nashville to go see it because there's only so many 70 millimeter IMAX theaters like in the world. Um, But that's how he, 
apparently he that's how he filmed the dark knight like a lot of the, the batman movies like pretty much all of his films are filmed in 70 millimeters well, so then i'm not watching that's the way no- to go see it then i'm not watching a nolan film again <laughs> until i can watch it uh in apple vision um you know 100 feet apple vision sorry i didn't mean to bring that it's up the end we're, of the world i know we're gonna have to talk about it at some point we should do a whole episode on technology we, we should well, I, mean, I know we've done that before listen but- uh just if you don't know, Apple had their big developers conference event, and you should just go look up the new product they dropped and just recognize that civilization's over. We are in the age of Wally. <laughs> All we need is our floating chair, and we're good. But we'll do an episode about that later. Tommy, let's get back to you. <laughs> yeah. let's so many wrap, things to discuss. Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. All right, so tell us how you ended up at Shades. So I um for basically the period of the pandemic – um, I kind of was churchless. Um, my the church that I was going to before the pandemic kept meeting through the pandemic against you know kind of common Some sense protocols um, and things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and overall, uh, all my buddies were kind of moving from that church to other churches, and um, it was gonna it was predominantly people much older than me. So I um, and this was a transitional point in your life anyway you graduated right. from high school right um so for a while i would you know just kind of watch online services or go visit churches here and there um and how i found out that this church exists was through um my work actually i was doing a photo shoot with um a company called focus on K's photography um, hit them up if you want, if you need dance or preschool photos. Um, we were doing that at the Corky Bell, um, dance studio across the street. Um, and I had to park in this parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Comes back to the parking lot. Right. Doesn't it? Um, Full circle. And, uh, I, you know, I I was here for uh, several days for the photo shoot and, um, I saw the sign saying, you know, it's a church, a community church. It was, first of all, you know, not many community churches uh, around and also not many churches that look like this building does. <laughs> um, I don't warehouse. know what that means, but <laughs> you're right. It says it's a church. It looks like someone could get murdered there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Is that a giant Amazon warehouse? What is that? Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, after, you know, a couple of weeks of visiting around, I, uh, visited this church and, um, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, I was gonna, well, I, it's I, all right. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I was going to, um, you know, go to visit a couple others before making my final right, decision. Right. Um, but, uh, going into, I, I went to the restroom before I left, you know, to, with this in mind. And before I could leave the restroom, William Ashley quartered me and was like, hey, you're new. I haven't seen you around before. What's up? How's it going? What's your name? And that day, he invited me to lunch with, you know, all all the group. And I got to meet everyone and find out, like, I think that night I also went to the home group that um, he was a part of. And, like, uh, again, you know, I was completely ready to, you know, try out a couple more, but, like, this impression that uh, William and the rest of the group like had on me. It's like, wow, they really care about each individual that goes here. And 
um, even if they've never seen it before, like each person who walks through those doors is accepted and welcome here. And the the service was unlike anything else I'd seen before. Like it is such a unique and um, special blend of things that I grew up with, things that I um, saw in more Orthodox churches I visited through my life. And um, it, it just felt like a, a, a safe environment for any kind of walk. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, it, that was, um, that was it for me. That was, that, that sealed the deal. Just sucked you in. And yeah. Didn't so. let you go. <laughs> Thank you, William Ashley. That was, <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. <laughs> that, that is so awesome. And so you've been here for how long now? Uh, a little over a year, uh, a year and a couple months, I'd say. Um, I was here last year, uh, well before Easter, but you know, right. So, right. And I know you've like gotten plugged in and volunteer in a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. I know you, uh, on occasionally go back there and survive with the children. Yes. How's that? Go? That's, uh, that's <laughs> honestly, there's some great kids. Um, the, uh, preschool is preschool. I actually, before, uh, shades haven't worked with preschool specifically. I've done a lot uh, with my previous churches in elementary. Right. Um, and of course, well, uh, working at the photo uh, company for for preschool children, I did kind of have that sure, sure. experience. Um, but yeah, preschool children are something else, man. They <laughs> <laughs> they keep you on your toes all of the time. There was there was this cartoon years ago. Yeah, what was it called? Recess, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Just, do y'all remember this? I remember mm-hmm. that. And do you remember on the playground, the kindergartners were portrayed as like, like this tribe of like sav, like like just, Lord of the like, Flies, yeah, like Lord of the yeah. Flies kind of thing going on. Like those were the kindergartners, <laughs> and everybody was frightened of them. Such a hoot! That uh, show was crazy. I don't remember anything about that show <laughs> except for that. Uh, it wasn't a show that I like watched a lot of whatever, yeah. but, I, but that image has stuck with me of, of little children is like just gonna kill you. Oh my goodness. Anyway, but well man, that's that's uh that's awesome. And obviously music is a big thing for you. Yes. Yeah. I um when when are we gonna get to hear you play music? Uh, hey man, uh John Mark, if you got <laughs> if you got some time got after some, this. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I'd love to, honestly. The 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 band is I hope that I can only contribute. I don't, you know, the, the band is so amazing already that like, you know, what, what, what can I offer that y'all don't already have? But like, it's, it's, um, a really a special blend of, of music and musicians you have. So what's, what's your primary intro? Cause I know you said you play keys. Probably, you yeah, keys, right? probably keys. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm doing a lot with guitar these days, but, uh, I'm, I'm still, uh, pretty well versed, uh, with keys. That's what I played the most in uh, previous bands. Gotcha. So, um, and, and then you've got some music like streaming. I like do. I have, music? I have a little bit. Um, Wait a second. I, I know um, that I knew about this. So for like Spotify and Apple music and things like that, I'm currently figuring out a problem that I had with my music that it got uploaded under someone else's page under the yeah, same name. It happens. Um, but I do have, I talked with you about that at one point. Yeah. Not? Cause that, right. That happened to the shade stuff Dang. and, and we had to, uh, it shouldn't be that difficult of a process, but you do have to like go through Spotify and Apple music 
claim your artist profile, and there's a number of ways in which yeah. you can verify. But even then, you may still have to like reach out to someone in the customer service and right. explain the situation, and they should be able to handle it. But we had to do that with all the shade stuff. Like it, there, there was a number, another artist named Shades, like from the '90s that I guess like had a big like one like R and B album. And uh, <clears throat> it was obviously getting more streams than our stuff was. So our stuff was like falling under their yeah. banner <laughs> for a while. And we had to separate all that with like Amazon, with Man, Apple. This R&B and artist stuff. really took a turn later in his career. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Incredible. So how do I, how do I, how do I find you? Uh, you can look up Tyr Wilson on YouTube. T-Y-R Wilson. Um, I have covers on there. I have... Um, few originals um and that will kind of you know expose you to everything i have uh i also am on tiktok um the weirdest name i i chose a while back um the at is jewel ricochet <laughs> underscore zero zero so um yeah if you want to find me on the platforms um i'm still putting out stuff I, I, I try to be a little bit more consistent about it than I like. I, I am at least. Um, but yeah, not not the Tier Wilson on YouTube that like streams their gaming stuff. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm searching. I'm trying to find my face right is now. on all the videos. Uh, you can also look up uh, if if you need like to narrow down the search. You can look up something like. Oh, I found uh, you now. Hey, there you go. Let's go. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Tommy, for coming in today. Thank Is there anything else me. you wanted to share before we go? Um, real quick, I, I am obsessed with personality assessments. So, what, what's everyone's? Uh, <laughs> do you know your MBTI or Enneagram or? I, I think we know our Enneagrams. Yeah, yeah I'm a four. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm a nine. I don't know if I've taken a really good test or not, but everything that I've read. I'm I'm not huge into the enneagram, but mm -hmm. from what I've read and heard, I believe it's a nine. You sound yeah. like a nine. Yeah, I'm a I'm a three, three wing four. So okay, four four is our a special breed. <laughs> it's it's uh, that's one way of putting yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I found enneagram. Most people uh, that I, if I meet them and they tell me that they're a four, I'm like I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> fours get a bad rap in enneagram, man. They like oh. enneagram is kind of about like finding your weaknesses and ways to grow through that. Right, right. But four more than anyone, like every article, every book is all just like fours are kind of the worst. They're just you know? depressed and yeah. self-obsessed. And yeah, but. we're great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's awesome, man. Um, my Myers-Briggs, I took the Myers-Briggs back in, oh goodness, I would, I must've been like 20, four or so um and i've only taken it that one time mm. and i am 90 percent certain i got uh an enfj okay i am definitely a feeler 100 percent um and then on the uh the j and the p i'm definitely uh a j um so i um yeah. i'm an infj okay you know john mark i don't i know i've gotcha. taken it one time i don't remember i'll take yeah. it again the the E and the I are that that's a really hard one for me. Like thinking yeah. through extrovert introvert, um, I do think 
I lean extrovert, mm. but I, I feel fairly well balanced on that right. scale of things. I think um, with me as well, like sometimes you get energy from being around people. Sometimes you're completely yeah. drained. Sometimes you feel tired after being alone. Sometimes you feel energized. You know, right. I think it's, um, I think the I and the introverts and extroverts is much more of a spectrum than people yeah. kind of make it yeah. out to be. Well, and people normally, when they think about it, they, they are, they're not thinking about introverted, extroverted in the sense of like where you get your energy. They're thinking mm. about outgoing versus shy. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that can misinform a lot right, of right, actual, sure. um, you know, results for the MBTI, but yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I, I love, I love this stuff. So. Um, John Mark, if you do ever take it, you have to let me know. I'll, I'll email you. <laughs> and you can email us. Yeah, what a great segue. Yeah, if you have questions for Tommy, just the burning questions you're dying to know, you know, email us, midweek at shadesvalley.org. Or if there's like a, uh, a member you want to recommend for a meet a member episode, um, you know, we our goal i mean maybe one day we'll complete having done one with everybody i mean it sounds like we just need to start a taylor swift fan club because between also tommy like. and kenya and sarah hirsch sarah hirsch liz sturgeon who else somebody's gonna get upset Ka- cassidy we left ashley them out. yeah cassidy Let's ashley someone's shades, gonna get upset shades end week Taylor podcast, Taylor Swift podcast going. <laughs> you know, if we did a, yeah, if we did like a follow up with like the fan club, oh uh, maybe, word. maybe Taylor Swift would listen to it and then invite everyone up to her house for a private show. For, and cookies. And, and, yeah. Cookies. Yeah. and then give us a bunch of money, you know, just for the, the trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm more interested in the money part <laughs> of that equation. So we have this building <laughs> that if you could just pay off, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be incredible. Oh my word. Well, any questions, thoughts, email us midweek at shadesvalley.org because, as always, here at Shades Midweek, you're part of the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>